Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast, the first episode of 2022, uh, but the 174th episode overall. <laughs> <laughs> Excited to be back. We've It's been over a month since we've recorded a podcast, so it feels good to be back. It's good to be back. Good to see you, Donna. You too. We accidentally took a little bit of a longer hiatus than we meant to between mm-hmm. travel plans and the holidays, but we are happy to be back. And Omicron. And Omicron. Yes. Yeah. But we are happy to be back, and we are going to get back to our regular schedule. And this year, this episode, we wanted to do a show on productive apps for the new year. Because we know a lot of us are trying to think about creating the best 2022 possible, uh, creating the best version of yourself. And there are a lot of apps you can use on your iPhone to accomplish and get to goals that you want to reach this year. And so we wanted to talk about those. We have some apps that are more apps that we use at iPhone Life to get stuff done that we want to share, and then also more aspirational apps if you're setting some personal goals um, that, you know, for goal setting or learning a language or fitness or things like that. So we'll cover the wide range of that coming right up. But first, we'll do our regular sections, including our first... Uh, segment, which is talking about our sponsors for this episode. Yes, we've got two sponsors for this episode. The first one I'm going to tell you about is Matthias. Matthias is a really longtime sponsor of ours, so you all have probably heard me talk about them before, Um, but they make really excellent keyboards. And I'm going to tell you guys about two of their keyboards today. The first one is their wired keyboard. So you may or may not know this, but Apple has actually stopped creating wired keyboards altogether. And so Matthias is the worthy successor to that. They have really high quality wired keyboards because a lot of people love Bluetooth keyboards. Matthias has an excellent Bluetooth keyboard they'll tell you about in a minute. But for those people who want the reliability of wired and who don't want to deal with battery management, uh, wired keyboards are still great. I use a wired keyboard personally. I use their wired keyboard personally. So uh, really high quality. and it comes in the colors that can match your Macs. So make sure you check that out. It also now comes with a USB-C and USB-A uh, adapter. So you, regardless of where you're plugging it in, you can make it work. And then the second computer or keyboard that I want to tell you about of theirs is their Bluetooth keyboard. For those who want a Bluetooth keyboard, they make a really excellent Bluetooth keyboard. And one of the things that is unique about it, a couple things are unique about it. Number one is they have four different settings so you can actually sync with four devices at the same time and you can easily just with a push of a button go from using the keyboard on your mac to using the keyboard on your iphone to using the keyboard on your ipad so that's really great and it also lasts the battery lasts over a year so apple's bluetooth keyboard lasts i think about three months so lasts about four times longer has backlighting really excellent option so make sure you check it out uh that's matthias we'll put a link to it in the show notes And our number two sponsor is GoBuddy, also a really great longtime sponsor. GoBuddy has a wide range of products for your iPhone and AirTags and everything else in between. So uh, if you go to GoBuddy.com, you can see the range. The one I want to tell you about today is actually I'm going to tell you about two of them just for fun. The first one is their most popular. It's called the crossbody phone lanyard. And basically it's for people if you're on a hike or you just want to have the phone readily available to you. It's just a, a crossbody 
a lanyard that your phone securely attaches into via pop socket. And it's a way of just keeping your phone handy and secure for if you don't have a pocket or if you want your phone more accessible. That's the first one. The second one for anybody who got AirPods over the holidays, you may have found out already that sometimes they fall out of your ears. And that's particularly annoying if you are somebody who's working out a lot. So uh, they make a product that is a little silicon wrapper. It attaches to your AirPods and wraps around your ear to keep your AirPods uh, securely attached to your head for when you're working out or if you're just having a problem with them falling out. Um, so that's our second sponsor. We'll link to them in the show notes as well. And I would just, these two sponsors today, as I was getting ready for the podcast and looking at them, I just wanted to make a quick plug to support our sponsors because not only does that help support us, but I get the privilege of talking to these companies every uh, every month and hearing about their product development. And they put so much passion into these products. When you hear Matthias talk about keyboards, talk about how much work they put into their keyboards, how much thought they put into engineering every little detail, it's a level of passion that if you just go on Amazon and buy a random Amazon keyboard, it's not going to be the same quality. I know that for sure. And same thing with GoBuddy. The amount of thought he puts into coming up with unique products that will fit uh, for the demographic and also that are really affordable. So we really work hard to bring you guys good sponsors. So make sure you check them out. And that helps support us as well. And an episode wouldn't be complete without telling you about what iPhone Life is doing too. So we have a free newsletter called iPhone Life, or called the Tip of the Day newsletter, and you can sign up at iphonelife.com slash daily tip. And this is the best way to introduce yourself to iPhone Life and start learning about your iPhone in less than one minute a day. We send a tip to your inbox Monday through Saturday, and it takes less than a minute to learn something cool you can do with your iPhone. And then on Sunday, we send you a weekly roundup of the week's best tips. So go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to sign up. We have over 250,000 happy subscribers who are gaining confidence and learning how to use their iPhone through daily tips. So join our community. And we have a tip today that I wanted to share that I think is perfect for January, and that is how to use SharePlay to watch TV and shows with your friends. Because I don't know about you, but my TV regimen is getting pretty intense <laughs> oh. right now, now that it's cold. Yeah, perfect for the combination of a pandemic in January. <laughs> yes. And I love like the blog post we have on this, which we'll link to in our show notes, uses Ted Lasso as the show to share play with your friends and I've been so into Ted Lasso lately. I marathoned it. I am done with it. Uh, <laughs> if you have not watched it, find someone who you can watch it with remotely and use this tip, share play. Yeah, I know. I wasn't feeling great, wasn't COVID over the holidays and did more kind of uh, watch parties because Amazon has a way to do that too. And um, share play is the newest way to do that. And it is a really fun way to feel connected to people when you are still trying to keep your distance if you're not feeling good. Because with Omicron surging, if you're not feeling good, you don't want to risk it. Um, so this is how you do it. As of iOS 15 or iPadOS 15, you can now on a FaceTime call, go into a TV or movie streaming service and you'll have an option to share the content that you're watching with other people. So there are a few caveats to this that I just want to like back up and tell you about first. All the phones that have to have the latest operating system, it's not even just iOS 15 or iPad OS 15. I think it's like 15.2. It has to be like the latest because uh, it was something that was rolled out yeah. more recently. So um, some of your friends might not even know about it yet. So this is a fun one to impress friends with. 
And it's a little different than the Amazon one because you actually can see like each other's faces. You can swipe it away if you want to like not have the fa a face covering part of your screen, but it's nice too because you're actually like on a FaceTime call during the whole thing. Um, so the, that's the first, you have to have the latest operating system. Secondly, all the people on the call have to be subscribed to that streaming service. So it's not like if you are paying for Apple TV Plus and try to share it with someone who's not subscribed, they get to watch it for free. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it works in a world where a lot of us are paying for multiple streaming services. So it's not like so out of the question that your friend might have it to. But, um, you know, just knowing that ahead of time, otherwise you're going to be annoyed. And it works with TV shows also with Apple Music, if the other person has Apple Music. Um, so you could, you know, listen to an album with a friend. But um, so here's how to do it. You first want to get on a FaceTime call, get all the people on the call that you want on the call, and then you just go to the app that you want to share the content from. So uh, the example that we have in this blog post is going to Apple TV Plus. Then you, you queue up the show that you want to watch, and you'll get a notification as you start playing it when you're on the call that the video has started playing for the people who are on the call as well. But there'll be some sort of error message. I'm not sure exactly what it says if the other people don't have the service and it'll let you know that they can't play it for them. Um, so then anyone who's on the FaceTime call, call has the capability to play pause, fast forward and rewind the video. So it's not just the person who initiated it, which is interesting and kind of nice because, you know, if I was watching a show with you, you started it, I might want to like stop and be like, hey, wait, what just happened? What do you yeah. think? You know, yeah. so like I can do that too. Um, then when you close out the video, you can choose whether to end the playback for everyone or you could just peace out and let everyone else keep watching. So um, I am going to link to this blog post. It's iphonelife.com slash podcast is where you can get the show notes for each episode. But I'll link, it'll show you step by step if you missed any of that there and got confused. Um, so you can start having little content parties with your friends using FaceTime. Can I ask you a couple questions? Yes. Uh, so number one, how, you have done this before. Oh, I've only tested it at work. Okay. The way that I've done it <laughs> is actually like a really low tech version before this was available. Ah. Um, I would just be like texting with the person and be like, one, two, three, play. <laughs> <laughs> so we would be like within a few seconds and then like text about it throughout. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I've done. But so that's, that's what I've done. not the like real way to do it. And Amazon, I've tested out also. And I remember they had a chat box. This was like a year ago when I had COVID. Um, and I tried it out and there was like a chat box and there was a show. I don't watch that many Amazon Prime video shows, uh -huh. but uh, there was one, I believe that I, I tried it out with and you could chat while it was playing and it, it worked pretty well. Oh. But this I've only tested out at work to see if it worked, okay. um, but I haven't actually like gone out, you know, and used this with friends, but I'm planning on it now that um, I am sort of thinking about. I like some Apple TV Plus shows. Um, the, the thing that is a little bit of a bummer is that it doesn't work with Netflix. Yeah, but it works. Um, we're looking at the list of what it works with. It works yeah. with HBO Max, mm -hmm. Hulu, Disney Plus. There's lots of good shows there. I agree yeah. it's a bummer that it doesn't work with Netflix, but there's some. I've been watching a lot of HBO Max shows, to be honest. Really? Like what? Um, oh, what's it called? I was literally just watching it. Sorry, it'll come okay. to me in the middle of in the middle of recording this. Yeah, I've been watching Wheel of Time, which I just texted with friends about, 
that's on Amazon. Um, and then the Apple TV plus, I just watched Ted Lasso on my own, but now it's good to know I haven't watched the second season. So maybe I could find, find a friend to watch the second season with there and you go. use share play for it. Um, have you used it at all? I have not, which is why I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, Euphoria. It was driving me crazy. I had to look it up. Euphoria. Have you watched Euphoria? No. Is it good? It's very intense. Yeah, it looks very high drama. It's very high drama, but everyone kept telling me how much they loved it, so I, I did go and watch it, and I'm enjoying okay. it. But, okay. Um, yeah, it's a little more intense than I normally do. <laughs> Let's put it that way. The weirdest thing about this feature when testing it out at work was that right now it's really obvious how to share your screen, which is also a share play feature in FaceTime. There's a button now in the menu where you control like your video and audio like you expect with video chat. Yeah that you now can share your screen. But there's no icons that let you, like that would prompt you to go to your TV or your streaming services to go share those. Like you have to just exit FaceTime. And by exit, I mean just like swipe away or click your home button depending what device you have and then go to the other app and start playing it. And that's what gets it going. That's what I was gonna there's ask. No, like, there's no like button cue. to press. There's no cue. Yeah, that's so weird. There's no like visual cue to be like, now you should start doing this. You just yeah. have to know to navigate to it. Yeah. Okay. That and was you have to like coordinate with your friends that you all have the service. So like if I wanted to watch Ted Lasso with a friend, I have to be like, do you have Apple TV plus? Okay. Do you, do you have the latest <laughs> operating system? You know? So yeah. that's like a little bit annoying. Yeah. But. No, it, it works great. If, if everyone, you know, has Apple TV plus and has an iPhone, then you, you know, then you're in luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, my last question, which you may or may not know. And I think that we should uh, make one of our new year's resolutions to test this out and report back. Donna. Yeah. Okay. Because clearly we're excited about it, but also clearly we haven't thoroughly really tested <laughs> it yet. Um, do you know, because I, I know that when they rolled this out, they said it would also work with Apple TV and computers. Do you know? Oh, those? yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. I have not investigated that. Because okay. um, I have Apple TV, and when I updated my operating system, there's like a little uh, cue that like now I could do SharePlay, and I haven't tested it. But that's another thing to look into because uh, a lot of people don't like watching movies on their phone. So Yeah. <sighs> I'm so curious. Um, that's something we should report on for next yeah. time. Because in our blog post, it's how to do it on your iPhone. I'm 90% sure you can. And I think you just would literally then do AirPlay to your TV. But I, we will test this thoroughly and report back. Yes. Because I think it's, uh, it's cool. And also, like we were saying, it's very timely. Yeah. So next up, I wanted to tell you about our premium service called iPhone Life Insider. We have a community of over 10,000 subscribers who are learning to master their Apple devices in just minutes a day. We have a lot of different ways that we support our members in mastering their devices, including an ad-free version of this podcast with bonus content. We have video, lots of video content for you, including video versions of the daily tip where it's you get that video visual walkthrough of the one minute tip each day. We have in-depth guides with um, printable PDFs and uh, a series of videos that walk you through start to finish all of your different Apple devices, as well as lots of Apple built-in apps like the Photos app or your camera. Um, we go over all the latest operating systems. So when iOS 15 or iOS 16 now comes out this year, You'll, if you have a subscription to Insider, we'll be there to give you all the information you need to master the new operating system on your device. Uh, we also have 
live courses. So that's a really fun thing to tune into weekly sessions with expert instructors and interact with your fellow students. We have live workshops. Um, and I, we also have a feature called Ask an Expert that's very popular with our members, where if you are having a specific tech issue, you can contact us and get a guaranteed response from one of our experts to help you get solutions. So I would highly recommend checking out iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. That's how you get 10% off a subscription to iPhone Life Insider and join our over 10,000 happy members. Yeah, and coming soon, and then we are working really hard to update all of our guides for iOS 15. So we mm -hmm. have an iOS 15 guide out, but for 2022, in the next month or two, we'll be rolling out, help me with this, it's FaceTime guide, messages guide, maps guide, reminders, reminders notes. notes. So all of those have updates coming in the next month or two mm -hmm. that's gonna have all the new features from iOS 15, in the guides, everything up to date. So all one of our commitments this year is to make sure that all of our content is as accurate as possible. So that's, we're working really hard to update all this content. So stay tuned for the new, um, for the new editions of each of these guides. We also have one of our resident iPhone videographers working on the 2022 edition of our iPhone Pro camera guide. That's gonna be coming out in a couple of months and that's gonna go over all of the you know new new features that came out with the latest edition of the pro cameras cinematic mode mm -hmm. for example macro photography yeah uh, and all the photographic styles too so um it's a great time to become an insider iphonelife.com podcast discount over the holidays we had an insider write into us telling us about um a new iPad that this person bought for their wife and trying to figure out how to set up this new iPad without losing all of the apps and content that he'd purchased already because um, he wanted his wife to be able to access that. So we wanted to give you an idea of how to handle a situation like this because a lot of us got new Apple devices over the holidays and you might be wondering the same thing. Uh, so here's what we've got from Ron. Hi, I bought a new iPad and gave my old Gen 7 iPad to my wife. Oh, so I misconstrued that story. This is such a classic insider move to buy a new <laughs> Apple device for themselves and then pass over their latest, which is still a great device, to a spouse or child. This is something my, this is the trickle down. We do it at our office and also in my family. It is I, a major thing. I literally over the holidays <laughs> had to mediate Somehow I got put in the role of mediating a fight between my parents for this exact <laughs> thing. They got one new phone and they were fighting over who deserved to have the new <laughs> phone. And for some reason, I, I mean, because I do this for a living, they're asking me. And I was sitting oh, there <laughs> trying to like go through all the features with them and ha help them understand who needed what feature more. It was so who won? My dad won. <laughs> he got the new phone, but it was it was heated. It was like so I was like funny. the therapist in it. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say, there's no shame in this method. A lot of people do it. It's so funny. So, um, what Ron wants to know is there a way to change user account details to hers but retain the apps already installed? Don't really want to do a factory reset and start all over. Regards, Ron. Um, here's what we wrote back. Hi, Ron. Thanks for writing in. Probably the easiest way to get your wife started with your old iPad is to set the iPad up as new with her Apple ID, which I completely agree with. Then turn on family sharing with your wife. That way, 
uh, Family Sharing lets you share apps, purchases, iCloud storage, and more. And we have a link here to our Family Sharing guide. Um, it's a blog post. We also have a full video guide when you become an insider, but I'll link to this blog post, which is you know accessible to the public uh, in the show notes. But I think this is really good advice because we've talked to a lot of people who've tried to share Apple IDs um, between family members in order to retain access to apps and stuff. And that can become a nightmare very quickly. We don't recommend doing that. But I do understand if you already have a lot of apps you've bought and services you're paying for that you don't want to have to redo that all over again for a new person. And that's where family sharing is really useful. Yeah, this is a good, because there's so many people getting new devices over the holidays, this is a good time for our reminder, which is in baked into this, which is that don't ever share an app an Apple ID with somebody. It just gets way too complicated. There's too many things linked to an Apple ID. The right way to go about it is what is here, which is you want to, each member of your family has their own Apple ID, but you can set up family sharing so that you can share Apple services such as the App Store. The other thing you should never do is have two devices or have two Apple IDs associated with one device. So. For example, exactly the situation. If he had turned it over to his wife and, his, and then just signed out of iCloud, which I think you can do, and then signed in with a different Apple ID, then his wife could go and download the apps that she wanted, but then the apps would, are associated with an Apple ID, which is really problematic because then if you ever need to update the app, you need to like log back out and log back in with the other Apple ID, and it just really becomes a mess. So the advice here is really good, which is, Always re if you're if you have a new person who wants to use it, reset it up and keep then it simple. Keep it simple. And I know it sounds complicated because you have to do like they're saying you have to do a factory reset. Factory resets aren't a big deal. You reset it all up with the new Apple ID or with the other person's Apple ID, but then do family sharing so they can access all of your apps if they want to. Yeah, and family sharing is an iCloud setting. So Ron, you can go into your you know, settings, go to your iCloud. Um, and when you're going into your iCloud storage plan, that's where you'll see the option to set up family sharing. And there is an interesting thing with family sharing that's kind of annoying is whoever's the one organizing the family sharing group, they become like the family sharing organizer. They're the one who has to add the credit card for all the apps and services. And so that does mean Ron's going to be, but you know, if it's a married couple, it's kind of a moot point like that, you know, it's shared resources, so it shouldn't be a problem. But if you do try to set up a family sharing group with either like, you know, full grown adults living in different households, <laughs> I have the situation in my family. My dad recently was like, hey, why am I getting charged for everything? Because like, <laughs> I'm in a family sharing group with him. So one person does get stuck footing the bill, yeah. uh, which is an interesting feature of family sharing. In general, I would say, I don't know. There's not that many apps that you need like to me i use family sharing a lot because i use it to manage my stepson's device but i don't like most of the time i don't even know if it's worth it to do family sharing for this exact really? reason i guess if you i think what i would say is this it's worth it to do family sharing if you're like an actual family living together because then there are a lot of cool features with find my services and shared storage but this exact situation if you have multiple households yeah then the payment gets too weird so the thing that's awesome about it though is apple one is apple's latest 
um, storage plan subscription that gives you two terabytes of iCloud storage for a family group and then gives you access to Apple Music, Apple Fitness Plus, Apple TV Plus, and a couple other things. So everyone in my family gets access to that gotcha. and it's enough storage for all of us, all for $25 a month. So if you use those things, that's pretty a pretty good value actually. So that's good, but then, you know, like for other subscription services, now I'm, I'm like, you know, setting it up with my dad to pay him a certain amount every month for these things. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so that's a little bit of a pain. But if you use those services, I think it's, you just have to see if it makes sense for you. But it's true. It's like, I don't really care about a lot of the paid apps my dad's downloading aren't apps that I really want anyway. So I don't yeah. really care. I wouldn't really want family sharing just for that purpose. And that's a big if, because uh, I mean, you're, I mean, we're, I guess we're going to transition to it, but do you use Fitness Plus? Mm -hmm. okay. uh, I haven't this year well it's been like two days I haven't I when it first came out I had a lot of excitement about it and was using it like a few times a week and I actually think it's pretty good but I, lately I just am a phase person with working out like yeah. I don't stick to one thing but I think it's a good thing and I'm glad that I have access to it cool okay let's you're not into it are you I'm not yeah <laughs> no I mean I, I okay I'm not not into it I just have found other activities I like more. Mm. <laughs> like I go to the gym and I have a Peloton and right. I just don't have time to do other things. Yeah. Spin is my latest thing I'm actually into. I I mean, I think let's just get into it because it's right. not on our list. Um, I love my Peloton so much. Yeah. Okay. Getting into New yeah. Year stuff. Yeah. So we're, this is not an app. It's a gear and it's a very, very expensive gear. But I my Peloton, uh, I have the version, the model that syncs with your Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. And it's so nice because it like automatically tracks it on my Apple Watch. There's a version that doesn't? Yeah. Okay, the base huh. model does not. You have to pay for the more expensive model of the Peloton. But it like, first of all, I mean, I've been meaning to talk about this on the podcast for a while now, but the whole new thing for like gym equipment syncing with Apple Watches is really cool. Have you tried it on any device, on like any like gym equipment? And, and no, like, but I've been curious about it. It yeah. works shockingly well. Really? You literally just tap your Apple Watch to the device and it just instantly all sets up for you. Mm. Um, so it's really cool. And not only does it automatically then track my work on my Apple Watch, it uses that to display my heart rate on the Peloton as I'm riding. And it gives me different zones, sort of like Orange Theory. Mm. where it'll be like you want to keep you want to keep your heart rate in a certain range and it, I can see that and it like gives me a score oh, at the end cool. and I love it so I've been to Orange Theory so I have had that experience where it's like telling me my exact heart, exact heart rate zone yeah. and giving me like tailored feedback based on that and that's how this works yeah being like go get to your peak heart rate zone like three quarters of the way through the workout it's not quite it's cool. they they don't go too hard into that but it's like they have different like like different zones for your heart rate and so you kind of want to keep it in the orange which is like your heart rate is going fast but not too fast essentially mm, cool. and you can see it throughout the other thing that the Pel that the model i have from the peloton does is that it will for um you know as for a stationary bike they'll be like oh set it to 25 set it to 35 and they adjust the difficulty while you're riding and it'll automatically adjust for me oh. so when you're riding it'll automatically adjust according to what the instructor is telling the you. resistance yeah the is resistance. that like a good thing or are you like because for me in a spin class i'm like 
they say go crank up more, but I'm good. Like, this <laughs> won't let you get away with that. No, yeah, you you can override it anytime you want. You can turn okay, that's good. Off anytime that kind of terrifies happened. me. It's like the resistance is going up, and there's nothing I can do. Yeah, no, it definitely happened to me the other day where it was like it kept getting harder and harder and harder and automatically happening, <laughs> and I would just dying by the end and, but then i felt so much shame to be like okay i'm not doing this <laughs> yeah so for people at home who are listening who aren't about to spring like thousands of dollars for a peloton <laughs> like yeah. it can you do is there like the poor man's version of this that, well yeah there is i mean you can use the peloton app and use it on any stationary bike so, so you could go to like your local gym and do that yeah okay. i think peloton's become like in the mainstream enough where everyone knows what it is but just in case Peloton is a stationary bike that you have at home, but it has a big screen in front that has access to their library of rides. So you can do live rides. They have like live rides happening and there's an instructor on the screen that's telling you what to do as you're riding and there's other people doing it at the same time. You can see like a scoreboard of like how you're ranking versus other people or you can access like their thousands of rides they have. So that's what it is essentially. So what they have, the, the quote-unquote poor man's version, if you, for those who want to stay in shape, is you can just do that with the app on your iPhone. I think the subscription's like $12 a month or something. Mm. And you can go, and I used to do this before I got a Peloton. You can go to your local gym, get on the stationary bike, prop your iPhone right there. It doesn't have all the fancy features of like monitoring your ride throughout, but it's still pretty good. Mm. And you can still use your Apple Watch too or no? Yeah, I believe you can because it's through your phone. So I believe okay. you could, yes. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to talk while we're on the gear train and fitness train about the Apple Watch too because yeah. I think I've had a renewed interest in wearing my Apple Watch with the new year mm-hmm. and have started doing some fitness challenges with friends because it is like they're – I guess I am more competitive than I think I am because <laughs> uh, Apple has – the default amount of time is seven days, which my only complaint is I feel like it should just be like a month or something. Seven days is short, yeah. Seven days. It's like then if I forgot to wear my Apple Watch one day and I'm like, ah, oh, like there's no way now that I can win, <laughs> even if I work out a bunch. Um, but it is fun to be like, okay, I want to be active and healthy in the new year. And then you get notifications when your friends who have Apple Watches do a workout or whatever. And you mm-hmm. can like send little responses and like taunt each other. And I think it's kind of fun. Um, I also just think in general, Apple's fitness tracking is really good. Yeah. Like there, you know, there are a lot of good trackers out there. Fitbit is awesome. Garmin is great. Um, but the, the, I think the Apple watch one's very intuitive. Um, it has a lot of different workouts now. They keep on adding more. The fitness plus now isn't, if you want to work out at home and avoid crowds and co- you know, during the pandemic, that makes it nice and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, are you using your Apple Watch a lot for, yeah. I mean, for Peloton? But. I, no, but I do. I use it a lot. And I was going to say, it not only is it really good, but A, because you wear it as a watch as well, um, you always have it on you when you're working out, and it tracks your kind of activity throughout the day, not just when you're working out. Uh, and, but B, I do find, and I think most people who have Apple Watches who I've talked to find, that it actually does motivate them to work out more. Mm-hmm. And so it is nice in that regard. And I do like, I haven't done any of the challenges. Maybe I'll have to get in on some of your challenges. Yeah, I uh, can challenge you can, right now do, and oh, then we can- shoot, that sounds We real. can report back on the next episode All if right, you want. All right, let's do it. I'm in. Let's okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, so you go into, just to tell people at home how to do it, you go into the activity app. I'm already sharing- Yeah, we already share activities. Activity. I know this because I taunt you. So yeah, so you go into the activity app and then in 
where where is it um I think if you just, oh, so there's like three panes if you swipe right and left. Like when you open activity, it's just going to show you your rings for the mm -hmm. day. But then if you swipe over, you're going to see all the people that you share activity with. And if you want to do it with someone you're already sharing with, tap their name, which is what I'll do with David. Or if you can scroll all the way to the bottom, there's that option, invite a friend. Okay. Um, so you can do it there. So I'm going to do that. Tap David, tap compete. Uh -oh. Invite David. You're inviting David to a seven-day competition. I'm going to view the rules because one thing I've actually been wondering is how it really like determines who wins. The competition lasts seven days, and you can earn up to 600 points a day. That's a max, max of 4,200 points for the week. I wonder why it maxes out how many you can get a day. Maybe because you don't want to be unhealthy and overexert. I don't know. Or you yeah. just don't want people to cheat. I, I actually have, I have no idea. I've well, never done a challenge, so this is all new to me. Because what I wondered is, like, in with the Apple Watch, you set your own move goal for the day, um, for the like your daily move goal that you're trying to hit mm -hmm. in order to hit your goal every day. And I wondered if whoever wins just hit their move goal every day, or if it's actually tallying the total number of points, move goal points, because. Otherwise, you could easily cheat the system by setting your move goal super low and then just being like, I hit my move goal every day. Yeah. I won, which yeah. it sounds like it does not let you get away with yeah. that. So, okay, what is we're, – we're off on the weeds here. But <laughs> now I'm in it. And what is your move goal? Well, the move goal, just to back my up. My move goal is pathetic. Problems. So I thought – I'm actually a little sad that it works this way because it means that I'm less <laughs> likely to win. I, I mean, I, it is definitely true that um, if you – depending on, like, how much you weigh – you like someone who weighs more like my dad is like 200 pounds and he's gonna just passively burn a lot more calories yeah. so his move goal is something like 500 a day and mine is usually between like 270 and 300 and right now i think i set mine to 270 okay yeah i'm yeah, at 270 i'm at 470 but yeah it, definitely when i work out with my partner it drives her crazy because we'll work out we'll do the same workout together and I will burn more calories just because I'm a bigger human than she is. Yeah. So th it does seem like it's a little stacked against me then. Because uh, like for if you have just burn less calories passively, you're going to have to work harder <laughs> to burn more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like this. So let, let's compete. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. So we'll let you know. I'm, I'm getting like my competitive spirit <laughs> kicking in right about now. Um, so yeah. For fitness, I think Peloton and Apple Watch are good ones. I wanted to throw in a couple other apps if you don't have stuff to go with it. The seven minute workout is an app that's been around for a long mm -hmm. time. And it's awesome if you just want to like knock out a workout at home um, quickly or like break up your work day. But my experience with it has been, it was, it was a little hard for me to stick with it. Have you tried it? I have not, no. But Ashley, one of our writers swears by it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you can even do it like if you have an Amazon Alexa that's one of the skills. Mm. I would use that sometimes when I was like working from home. I would That's just, cool. you know, do that. Um, you don't need any equipment, which is a nice thing. It'll let you just like step up onto a chair or use a can of beans or like whatever. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> um, we have a couple other ones listed here. I think you added. Yeah, I added some. And this is this is our health and fitness. So some of this is for like weight loss and monitoring your health. Um, yeah. My fitness pal is a really good calorie tracker. Um, I always like. I found, and I know there's a lot of debate in weight loss and calories and whether that's a good system, but for me, I found it to be super valuable in tracking my calories because a lot of times it was things I didn't expect. And so just 
taking a moment each day to log my calories if I'm trying to focus on weight loss or just eating healthier helped me a lot. Um, so I like my fitness pal for that. It also can sync with a bunch of different apps. So you can sync with your health app. And I believe then you can actually load in your activities from your, um, from your Apple watch so that you can have, uh, I know this works. So there's a different app I've used called lose it, which is pretty cool because you set a calorie goal each day, but the more you work out on your Apple watch, then the more calories you can eat that day, which was cool. Um, so those two I like, Lose It and My Fitness Pal. The other thing, and they're sponsors, so you've probably heard me talk about them a lot, but I love it and I use it all the time. And you use this before they were a sponsor. I I'm gonna give I'm gonna Thank give you. you that back you up on that. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, we I say this every time I talk about sponsors, but we do not do you know, we're very church and state. If I ever talk about a sponsor in an editorial is because I sincerely like their products. Yeah, and I think it worked out that they became a sponsor actually because um, you'd been using their products a lot and like we're excited to talk to them at CES because of that and because then a relationship was formed. Yeah, so, and that, yeah. that happens a lot. Same thing with the, um, Nomad. Not, Nomad, I love their products and so we, 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 they became a sponsor. But Withings ha, ha, is the company we're talking about. They have a smart scale that I've used for like, God, like 10 years now. I and just got one. I'm so I excited. I know. I saw it come yeah. in today. Yeah. So you'll have to let me know what you think. Um, but again, same thing where just taking a moment each day to A, uh, track your calories and B, just step on a scale each day really helped me. It helped me to understand the trends over time of what was helping me monitor my weight, what wasn't, et cetera, et cetera. So those two I really liked a lot. I think those were the only two I added for the section actually. Yeah, Withing Smart Scale, that's a good one. They actually sent me their, um, their scan watch also. Ah. Those both came in today. Because my one complaint about the Apple Watch is really just that it doesn't look like a watch. It's got that rectangular display. And I really like that the scan watch and the battery life. That, I mean, that's my other huge complaint about the Apple Watch. And the scan watch has, um, it's like looks like a classic timepiece, but it has a lot of the sensors in it. Yeah. Um, it looks really nice. It's super cool. No, and like Withings in general, like they are with their health and fitness tracking, um, they have like a good reputation for being accurate and so i wanted to try that out it's not going to be the same experience of getting like my notifications the way that i'm used to on an apple watch but for fitness tracking i was very intrigued and health tracking so i'll let you guys know how that goes too while and it's cheaper while than an we're apple on watch. the topic of gear an, an area that i have been wanting to explore more of and so let me ask if you have is sleep tracking so I have not got entered into the sleep tracking okay. arena. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I know that uh, that now if you have the latest Apple Watch, which I have, it's more viable because you can do the quick charge. Um, you can like, you know, charge your phone for like a half hour before bed and, and it'll have enough juice to like wear all day and then all night for sleep tracking. But I hate, I, do, I don't wear uh, a watch to bed. Like that no, just seems crazy to me. I don't. And like, even though I actually have been having more trouble sleeping lately, I, I've just never been that intrigued by by sleep tracking um i don't know but i just for the for the purpose of this job i probably should try it out and well can, I, I think i'm going to and report back and what yeah. reminded me is that withings has an excellent sleep tracker so i might try that out they have apps as well but i i didn't love using like that you put your phone in bed and it monitors it yeah. it never seemed as accurate and just kind of weird to sleep with your phone in your bed um, but there are different sleep pads that will monitor it. So I'm going to test that out and report back as well. All right. Okay. Let's so, talk about uh, yeah. productivity next. But oh, there was one app left that um, Ashley also added in. Um, Dry January 
is an app. So if you're wanting to turn over a new leaf and be healthier, maybe skip a month of having any alcohol, Dry January is an app that she said that gives you good support and sticking with that, which, you know, I probably should do. <laughs> we're both sitting there being like, someone should try that, yeah. not us. <laughs> I have too many good bottles of Pinot above my fridge to, to, to really follow through on that. No, that really, you know what, though? I hear that actually lasts till February. <laughs> good point. Moving right along. Yeah. Product creativity apps. There's a bunch here, actually, that I'm excited about that, we, that I love. Yes. So um, ones that we use the iPhone life religiously and love it, Slack is, especially now that we have a hybrid workplace, we rely on Slack so much yeah. to communicate. And, you know, a lot of different companies that I've talked to use it. Microsoft Teams is another one people use a lot, but um, I like Slack better personally. Yeah, they're, they're pretty similar at this point. Um, and I think, you know, what Slack does is it's sort of a middle ground between like email and texting somebody. So it's, you have the ability to send people direct messages, but you also can have what they call channels. So for example, for us, we have a channel for writing on the website. And anytime you have anything to say about writing on the website, you can post in that channel and every, all of the writers on the website will see it. So it's sort of a middle ground where you're not sending a bunch of group emails flying around but you can kind of subscribe to the areas that you work in and it's typically a work solution and see that. You can also do group calls on it, uh, things like that. So it's great for business. It's also though, I have seen other use cases. For example, let's say you're doing a group sport um, and you have a team, things like that. There are a bunch of use cases for it outside of just work, but work is the main use case for that. Same thing with Microsoft Teams. Yeah, or like clubs or memberships. Like I've been in yeah. Slack groups for um, podcasting and it was kind of, you know, women podcasters that were networking together and doing cross promotions and things like that. And you could coordinate those in Slack, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But the way that Slack markets itself, I feel like is just so true, which is that it frees you from email. Like I actually can get away with now at work not checking my email that often. Yeah. And otherwise, like I'm getting so many emails and you're kind of chained to that and it can kind of dict start dictating your day, spending a good amount of time going through all those emails. And with Slack, it allows you to just see what's actually for you um, and keep a finger on the pulse of what's going on in the company. It can be a little isolating with remote work with you not really having a connection to departments that you're not in, but you with Slack, you can go read through what people are saying in different channels that you're part of, even if it's not completely part of your your what you're doing that day in a way that helps you stay more on top of things. It's also so nice for um, files that have been exchanged or any kind of communication, like the search is really good. Yeah. And I find that that's so useful. I'm like, oh, what's that PowerPoint that Colin sent me a year ago? <laughs> I can just like find it in Slack so easily. Totally. Um, so there's a lot of features that are so nice. Another thing we do, if you are a Slack user in your company or a Microsoft Teams, something that I'd recommend, especially as people may be going back to more social distancing, is we have a channel, we have a few channels that are fun. One of them is kids and pets, mm -hmm. where people will just be sharing cute moments in their day of their kids and their pets. And it's a nice way to connect with your coworkers as in, like you're saying, feel a little less isolated. People use it a lot too. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely one of the more popular ones. <laughs> yeah, like DJ Thursday, that's oh, it, yeah. we'll listen to music. That one for 
like work conflict reasons, I haven't like joined as much, but it's a fun way to, to bond too. Yeah, let me talk so, about that actually for a minute. Yeah. That's a fun one if we're staying in touch. We're a little bit off topic here, but staying in touch. Uh, it's a service that launched in like 2013, I believe, and then like went out of business for 10 years or like eight years and just brought it back this year. It's called Turntable FM, I believe. I'm going to double check that I'm correct on that. Um, yeah, it's called yes. Turntable FM. And basically how it works is it allows you to, you create what's called like a room and you have five quote unquote DJs and you basically just take turns playing songs. And so we call it DJ Thursday and we'll set a theme each week. And while we're working, let's say it'll be like, we'll do like 70s and then everybody will just play 70s songs. And it's like, surprisingly fun and it's a nice way to kind of stay in touch with your coworkers or your family or whatever it's like an activity you can do while doing something else um so again that's turntable fm is a really fun one awesome yeah so other productivity apps asana i've probably talked to on the podcast about this before but at some point i was also feeling too caught up in emailing with um contributors to the magazine and in general people that we worked out worked with outside of directly at the company um, to contribute to the magazine so I started managing the magazine editorial calendar using Asana which is a tool um, like Slack doesn't have a nice calendar view where you can assign things to people um, in a way that's easy to track and Asana is perfect for that so you can create a project and then add a bunch of tasks, assign them to people. You can have subtasks in there that you assign to people. You can attach files and have a chat going. So if I assign, assign out an article, I can include a due date, uh, an a person it's assigned to, and then have record of all communication about that article with the person all in one place. So if there is a revision needed, I'll see when I asked for it and when I was expecting to get it. So it's like easy if I'm like, oh, was that supposed to come in? I can go easily see everything about that article all in one place. So Asana has been really, really great for the magazine. And um, for a small team, it's free. Like with Slack, we have a pretty small team, but with Slack, we're using it enough that we needed a paid subscription. Yeah. Asana, we've been able to use completely free um, without any problem, which is pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, no, Asana, I know you all have been really happy with. And then the mm -hmm. third one that we use religiously at the company is called Trello. Mm. And Trello, I I particularly like Trello. Trello is like amazing. It's like the perfect combination of being really useful while being super easy. Uh, and um, how it works, think of it as basically it's like digital post-it notes. So it's a way, it's a task management solution with you create these little cards and they're basically virtual post-it notes. And so, but it gives you, because it's digital, it gives you a ton of flexibility. So you have like, you can have all these little columns. So for example, we'll, how we use it is like, we'll use it to set our goals for the weekend. We'll all sit down on a Monday and we'll say, here's what I'm getting done. And we have all these different ways of organizing it ba based on who's working on it, what type of project it is. But it's so simple to use and also really powerful. I don't know if I described it well, but... Yeah. I like the thing with Trello, I remember there was a bit of a hump to get over for me when starting to use it. And some of that is because if you start Googling Trello and how to make use of it, there are different strategies and approaches you can take 
to organizing Trello. So there's a lot of flexibility, which is both great, but you do have to spend a little time figuring out how it's going to work best for you. Yeah. So for us, for instance, for a while we were trying sprints where you have different lists that you move from in the different phases it, that that uh, project is in and you try to move it into completed um, and we ended up finding like if we didn't finish something within that specific sprint time, it ended up being sort of demotivating. So we've switched now to doing it a bit of a different way where we can, it does at least help you um, while we might not be doing it for a sprint, it helps us differentiate between things that we're planning on getting done that week and then also still high priority tasks that are coming up and we can see it all in one place. Um, so I think it's nice when you're either if you're running a small business or managing a project where you know you have things like short, medium, and long-term goals that you want to all be able to see in one place. I feel like it works well for that. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't really find anything else that's worked as well as Trello for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what else do we have in productivity? We have a couple calendar slash oh, task Calendly. management apps. So one, two of them are, yeah, Calendly and Informant 5 are both really excellent options. Um, you sounded excited about Calendly. What is, what's the deal with Calendly? So lately I've been doing, we've been doing a beta service where we're talking, um, I've been doing FaceTime calls with insiders who, um, sign up for concierge where we're doing one-on-one -on -one calls. So I needed a way to ha schedule these calls, but I didn't want to also, again, all of these are like helping me avoid email. <laughs> so I don't have to like <laughs> be emailing and then managing my calendar. And Calendly is so like elegantly does this for you where you can set up available time slots in the next month or two or however long you want. Um, and send this link to whoever you're allowing to schedule with you. So this is a great thing if you're a consultant or, you know, just in general where you're having people book stuff with you, you set when you're available and they can book a time slot with you within that. And it'll like automatically show up on your calendar so you can see what you have coming up. And I love it. And all of these are, you know, they're iPhone apps and then they also work through a web browser on your computer as well. Mm -hmm. um, do you use Calendly much these days? I do not. I mm. try to avoid meetings whenever possible. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and so, uh, again, Informant 5, is, it's a different type of calendar app. It's, a, it's an app. Again, they're a sponsor, so you've heard me talk about them before. But, again, one of the most popular solutions out there. And basically, I do not love Apple's calendar app. It's just not particularly well built. And Informant 5 is a much more robust yet easy to use solution for a calendar. It includes reminders as well as the calendar. So it kind of combines two apps into one and you can use it across platforms. So if you have a PC or somebody in your life has an Android and you want to share a calendar, et cetera, et cetera. Another one that somebody in our office uses and loves is called Fantastical, which seems to have a lot of uh, really cool features. It has a lot of natural language features. I've watched him use it. I haven't used it very much, but he loves it, so I'll mention that. Um, okay. I think that does it for our productivity. Mm -hmm. A couple others, because I know we're running late, just to plow through here. For learning, I have two to go over with you. One is Duolingo. Have I you just used thought of Duolingo? another one. Okay. <laughs> um, I have used Duolingo, and it's amazing. Okay, well, I, so I've used it a little bit. Uh, my partner uses it every day, and she loves it. So that's where I, it's very much on my radar because of that. But tell, it's a its a service for learning languages. So do you want to describe it then? 
Um, so yeah, it's a, it's completely free. It's sort of gamified language learning, which is cool. So, um, you know, there's cute little characters and it walks you through both hearing the sounds of words first and connecting that to words or seeing it written out. And then you say it, um, and it sort of like builds on itself over time. So it starts out simple and gets harder and harder. I feel like I've never been able to get myself to completely stick with it. And I think some of this is a personality type thing where like if I'm going to learn a language, I need to actually have a course I'm probably paying for and a time I need to show up, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of when I was doing it, I was like, this is fun. I If I could get myself to sit down and do this for even like five to 10 minutes a day, I would sure I'd be learning a good amount. And I know people who have made really good progress on a language using Duolingo I just, I'm sad to say I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I, I'm the same. I've always like wanted to learn more languages, but I just don't have a particular reason to that I feel motivated enough to stick with it, unfortunately. But the little bit I have used Duolingo, I did really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, something I have really used a lot this year is Audible. And so that's one I'm sure most of you know it. That's uh, Amazon's audiobook service. Mm. But this year, I really, I've always listened to a ton of podcasts and I still do, but I decided to invest some of that time. One of my goals in 2021 was to read more books. And I was trying to look up how many books I read this year. I had a goal of reading 10 and I think I read at least 30 books. And it's because of Audible, because you can listen to audiobooks while you're doing other things. And it makes it so much easier to get through books. And I've loved it. I'd I sort of made a practice of I will use my Kindle to literally read non or to literally read fiction, but on my audiobooks I almost always listen to nonfiction. So I've listened to books about now like all the way from World War One, World War Two, the Cold War, uh, the Civil War. I've just been like trying to understand history and nonfiction and really listen to so many great books. Um, so I'd I really recommend it as well. And as a related recommendation, so first of all about Audible, um, one of the things I like about it, it's a, some people love it, some people hate it, it's a subscription service. So you pay, I think, twelve. it's like $12.99 a month, and you get one credit. So each month, basically, you have access to one book, and you can pay for more credits or pay for more books, whatever, but it sort of force, it, it inspires me to read more because I know that I'm paying for it either way, <laughs> which I like, some people don't. Uh, another service that's related is called Goodreads. Uh, it's also owned by Amazon, so it, it syncs with your Kindle and your Audible if you listen, if you have an account. But it's a social media platform for reading, basically. And it's a place where you can keep track of what books you've read, what books you want to read, see what your friends are reading, what they, how they reviewed the books, what they said about it. And it's one of those... I feel like it kind of flies under the radar. You don't hear about it very much. It certainly doesn't have the same traction as like Facebook, but I really enjoy it for kind of keeping track of my reading and interacting with my friends in a very different way. Seeing what they're reading is a kind of a weirdly intimate connection. So I, I enjoy that. Do you use Goodreads? I don't. I mean, I, I occasionally will look up book reviews on Goodreads, Yeah. but I haven't used it more as like a personal keeping track of what I've read. And I do use Audible and love it. Okay. And I'd use... Um, I almost said QuickTime. I use uh, Kindle, the Kindle app. And so that's cool that it lo that it will like sync up and show my library of what I've read there. I like that. Yeah. 
Um, and in general, like challenges, like the fitness challenge, I totally hooked into. So doing like challenges and Goodreads sounds sounds like fun. Yeah, it is. Fun. And I'm impressed with all your reading you're doing. I definitely could like do better in that area. I just throw, I mean, well, you have a hard time listening to audiobooks while doing other things. Yeah, See, that's, I do. I can't like work and listen to audiobooks, but I'll just throw it on when I'm walking my dog, doing my dishes, cleaning my house, whatever. And it's like a, such an enjoyable way to pass the time. And I get through so many books. For me, it's like pretty much driving. I can okay. do it. Or driving or cleaning. But anything that's like starts um, requiring a little more attention, I'm not good at, you know this about me. I, I I'm not good at dividing this. my attention. <laughs> I shouldn't try. <laughs> Donna and I work next to each other. And if you ever want to get Donna's attention, you have to go, Donna. And then you wait. And about five <laughs> minutes later, she go, yeah. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw in Overcast. I've talked about in a recent episode that I was just still using Apple's podcast yeah. app, even though I knew it was inferior. So I finally did go and take the time to customize Overcast the way that I wanted because David's been a longtime Overcast user, which is a third-party podcast player. And also a lot of our readers have said they love it. So I went ahead and switched over to it. And a lot of what I hadn't liked about it before was that in the playlist you can create in Overcast, it was sorting all my episodes oldest to newest instead oh. of newest to oldest by default. So I just switched that because I'm like, why are there all these old episodes showing up? And so now it's like if I go into a playlist, I went like I did one for current events. And so I've got, you know, like the podcast playing that tell me what's going on in the world that day and now it has the newest ones at the top like it should. <laughs> um, and then I've got other ones that are more for, you know, personal development and different things. And it's really nice just to like start. I really like the playlist feature is what I'm trying to say because I, depending on the type of thing I'm feeling like listening to, it's nice that it just goes through all of the most recent episodes of podcasts that I like in that, you know, area and we'll skip to the next one once it's done. I don't have to do anything. And then of course the smart playback feature which also we mentioned in a recent episode is so great because it um, condenses the silences between words instead of doing that kind of weird artificial sounding speed up that like Apple podcast does and it doesn't have that many interval options. This does it in a way where you don't end up feeling like you're really compromising anything and you're still listening to uh, the podcast in a shorter amount of time. So I really like that. Yeah, I agree. That's my favorite feature. Yeah. So Overcast, I think, is a good one. Uh, I mean, for podcast listening, if that's a goal of yours in 2022. And the one I just threw in here is that I feel like people have been talking about cryptocurrencies for me to me for so long. And I've been like, yeah, whatever crypto, like this isn't something I need to pay attention to, but I feel like I should start paying attention to it. And that maybe I should like, you know, I don't, I'm not in a place of wanting to invest a lot of money in it, but I feel like it would be a good idea to learn about it and maybe try investing a little. Mm -hmm. um, and Coinbase is an app that a lot of my friends are using. Um, Anna, I feel like she ended up making a good amount of money investing in Coinbase last year. Really? And was telling me about it. Um, and that, I mean, and Robinhood is a good app just for investments that I've been meaning to get around to start investing in a little bit too. Uh, but I feel like it's time for me to start learning a little bit about these things. So we'll see if I can get my <laughs> myself together stay, to do that. Stay tuned in stay, 2023. Yeah. Donna, a crypto millionaire. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll say you knew me when. Uh, Dave, have you tried any of these out? I use Robinhood. I do have a little bit of crypto. Really? I'm a little skeptical of it all, but I do have a little bit just for fun. All right. Um, but I like Robinhood a lot. Robin yeah, Hood's that's a place and I'm like, don't completely ignore it anymore. I'm not like, 
I'm going to put any money I have into yeah. crypto. Not in that place. Please, please don't. <laughs> Not uh, that place. Robinhood is an app that um, it does allow you to do crypto, but in general, it basically allows you to do free trades. So you don't, you know, it breaks the model of having to pay. I think it's usually like ten, eight dollars, ten dollars to per transaction on traditional uh, financial exchanges, and this is free. So that is really nice because then you can trade with a lot less money. If you want to do $100 in a stock, you're not paying $20 just to enter and exit the stock. So I like Robinhood a lot for that. All right, our last two sections, we have habit building, well, three, habit building, travel, and meditation. Yeah. Habit building in general, I'm just going to say I don't love habit building apps because <laughs> I've not been able to get myself to stick with any of them. But there's one that I've had some success with and that streaks just because it's so simple to use it lets you add, um, add in different types of good habits that you want to build and you can even add a little widget to your home screen so it's extra easy to like tap it when you've done it oh, for the cool. day and then what you want to do is string together as many days as possible and it is like you want to keep your streak going you don't want to you know stop that and so I was able to do that for a while but at some point I kind of just like forgot about the app and let it just sit there <laughs> um strides is one that has like a similar type of system that Ashley she wrote a new year's resolution roundup so that's why I've been mentioning her throughout the episode she put in strides as one that she uses for good habit building but there's other one carrot is one that's like really mean to you and shames you if you don't do things which I'm not recommending to you but I'm just throwing <laughs> out like names of things that names of apps like that that I know of. But what about you, David? What, how do you feel about like habit building apps? I am pro habit building apps as long as I don't have to use them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I, I'm the same way. I, I'm actually listening to you talk about them. I'm intrigued and I'm feeling like maybe I'll try them again. But I, in general, uh, haven't used them very much. Streaks is like, a, it has a nice interface. It's really easy to set up. If you are intrigued by that type of thing, I would recommend it. Okay. Um, but yeah. You should do that for punctuality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was telling David, my New Year's resolution was to be punctual. And my first day back at work, I ended up locking myself out of my apartment and then being <laughs> late for everything in the day following that. So don't be like me. And Donna told me that I was supposed to keep her, hold her accountable. <laughs> There's no way I'm holding you accountable. I'm going to sit there and be like, Donna, you're late again. <laughs> He's like, this is not my job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Travel apps. Okay. Um, you wrote TripIt, but did you just write it because you knew I liked it? Well, I know you like it. <laughs> Ashley also included it in her roundup, and I used it for years as well. Um, I just like it. the paid versions better, and I lapsed on my paid subscription, so yeah. I haven't used it as much. But when I did pay for it, it's awesome because it loads in all your itineraries from your emails and gives you both updates through the app and texts you like everything you could possibly want to know about your travel itinerary, if anything has changed. Um, and what else? There's other good things about it. Um, I mean, that's the main thing is it just, it, and the thing that makes it particularly nice is how automated it is, especially if you have a Gmail account. Basically, if you have a Gmail account, whenever you purchase a flight, a hotel, rent a car, any sort of travel plans, train, whatever, you know, you put it, you always get an email confirmation in your Gmail account and it'll parse through and pull that out and build an itinerary for you. So you can look in and you say, you have a trip coming up from this date to this date. Here's the day your flight takes off. Here's the car reservation. Here's the hotel reservation. And it's all just automated for you in a way that's really nice. And like Donna's saying, especially of the paid version, it'll notify you of things like flight 
changes, um, things like that. So that's the main thing. They have a lot of other extra little features, uh, like they'll have, um, I think they have airport maps, for example, which is kind of nice, but that's the main one, is just keeping track of your travel itinerary. And in particular for flying, it's really nice because they'll like send you an email when you land to be like, hey, you're landing at this gate, your next flight's at this gate, takes off at this time, sort of a thing. Yeah, and like in general, airlines have gotten better about doing some of this, which is part of the reason I did let TripIt lapse is like, it will add it to my calendar automatically, like flights that I have and usually apps for each airline will tell you when it's time to check in for your flight. But TripIt does that like overall, like they think of all the details and go above and beyond. Mm -hmm. And so it is like, there was more of a sense of well-being of like my trip is taken care of and I'm going to know everything I need to know and not have to worry about it in a way that you don't get with other things. Yeah, I agree. Uh, The last one we have here for travel, it's not an app, it's a service, but I love it and I'm excited to tell you guys about it. You did? Oh, great. You should have let me give you the referral. Oh, I didn't (laughs) know that was a thing. Yeah. Actually, I should give all you all a referral. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So it's called Scott's Cheap Flights. And basically how it works is they send you deals. It's originally for international flights, although they've gone into domestic flights. And whenever you put in what airline or what airports you're near, and whenever there are any sales on flights from that airport, they will email you. And typically you get an email, uh, you know, two, three, four emails a day, depending on what airport you're near. If you're in a big city, you probably get a lot more. Uh, And you can get really, really good deals, especially if you are flexible on where you're going. Um, you typically have like 24 to 48 hours to book it. So you kind of need to know your dates ahead of time. And then when a deal comes in, you go, okay, well, there's a deal that looks exciting in the date range that I'm looking for and you just buy it. But I flew. So first of all, for those who live in big cities, uh, if you are not living in a big city, the usually flights are a little more expensive. Like if, you, if I fly out of Chicago, I can get a cheaper deal than if I fly out of Des Moines. But I flew Des Moines to Rome. I told you this, right? Three hundred dollars. Oh yeah, Des Moines to Rome, round trip, and so you get these every once, especially now during during the pandemic. If you're interested or willing to fly, uh, you get these really crazy deals. So it's if you have to pay for this service, they have a free version, but I recommend the paid version. You know, it's something that I think they've kind of raised the rates. I think it's like a hundred dollars a year or something like that. So it's pretty expensive, but if you ever, if you do at least one international flight a year, you're going to save way more than that. So I love it. It's fun. And I like it too, just as a newsletter, like every day I'm like, hmm, like today, uh, Cedar Rapids to Greece for $500 today. (laughs) There is something sort of like freeing just looking at it. I added it as like a VIP um, email and then made that a widget on my home screen. So like every day I can be like, oh, Scott's cheap flights. It's $500 to go to Athens. Yeah, or $98 to the Sleeping Bear Dunes. I don't even know where that is, I, but it is kind of I read nice. about that deal. I will tell you because I <laughs> went down a rabbit hole. It is uh, <laughs> like Michigan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Really Not nice. that exciting, but. No, I was excited. Really? I mean, there's domestic, but it looked really pretty. I, went, I looked into it. Mm, so cool. yeah, it's fun to get the emails every day. In addition to if you actually do travel, you get really good deals. So that's a, yeah. that's a fun one. Yeah. I had a friend who said went to Portugal for like 300 bucks. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It was like cheaper than like if I were to just like go to California. Right. Yeah, that's wild. So I'm looking out for, you know, I uh, travel later this year using Scott's cheap flights. Then our last section, I just wanted to mention meditation because 
that was in Ashley's roundup too. She put in 10% Happier, which is a well-reviewed meditation app that has things like sleep meditations too and all like teachers that are highly rated. Um, it is, it's a paid subscription. The one that I've been using for free for a few years is Insight Timer. Okay. And I really like it just... I use it a lot of times just to do a timed meditation. If I have like 10 minutes to spare, it'll have like gong noises and you know, you can just set it aside and it'll let you, it'll play a gong when your meditation's done. But there are also a lot of ones like tailored for specific things that'll walk you through an issue you're having, whether it's anxiety to help you tame that, or like if there's something positive that you want to focus on, there'll be lots of like voice guided meditations, which is less my thing, but also nice to have the option. <laughs> and there's a paid tier you can do of it, but there are a lot of free ones. Have you tried Calm? I like was, I had the Calm's app. Calm's like another paid one, right? to it yesterday. Cause I was like, you know, I could do some guided meditations. <laughs> and then I was like, maybe I shouldn't. So Did I was you curious. Tried it? No, I didn't. Mm. I, I bailed at the last second. So I'm curious to hear if you've used it. No, I haven't. I've heard I, good I, things. Yeah, I've heard good things too. Okay. But, um, all right. So those are our apps. I would love to hear from our reader <laughs> or not our readers. Sorry. Our listeners. Uh, if you have any apps that you would like for us to add to this list and we can report and let everyone know in our next episode. Also, if you decide to go try any of these apps that we mentioned today, email us at podcast at iphonelife.com and let us know how you like them. Um, anything else do, should we, that we should add? Happy New, New Year's. Year's resolutions? Happy New Year's. We, we're hoping it's a better 2022 for us all. <laughs> Maybe people had better 2021s than we did, Donna. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe it's, it was great for people. Yeah. Either way, we hope it's better in 2022. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, insiders, stick around. We'll have a, a special section for you. Uh, and we'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. All right, David. I have some complaints and a little bit of learning today for insiders. What about you? I have a really embarrassing learning okay. that I sure. don't want to tell everybody. I already told everyone about locking myself out of my apartment, so it's your turn. That's true. Okay. I have discovered, I've had an AirPod since they originally came out, which was how many years ago now? It's got to be like four years or something, oh right? God. Really? No, I think it's like two or three years, I would like to think. Well, aren't we on our like fourth gen AirPods? I wanted to say we were on second gen. But anyway, let me, uh, as you look that up, I will, I will get to the point. I've discovered I've been using them wrong for the entire time and likely been using my ear pods wrong too. And it, it happened because I kept looking at my phone and being like, why do I have, why do I always have it on full volume and I can't hear it very well? And the answer is because like I'd put them in, in, put them in my ears, but I didn't twist them so that the mm. little speaker on the AirPod was pointing down my ear canal. So you twist them forward to do that I or do, you twist them back? I twist them so I point like the the little like gray area where the speaker actually is. Mm -hmm. I twist it so that that is pointing into my ear canal. Oh yeah, I don't think I do that either. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a much tighter fit uh. and I can hear so much better. <laughs> and the other thing- All these years you've been like, I don't know about these AirPods. <laughs> no, I was like, I really like them, but they don't have good sound quality. That's what I always said. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And in addition to that, I'd always have this thing. I'd be like, why is one sound louder than the other? It's because sometimes one would be a little more twisted than the other. <laughs> it was like literally like I would just put them in my ear and put the speaker pointing against my skin and hope I could hear it. Mm. So I'm a little bit embarrassed as somebody who hosts a podcast about this and is supposed to be an expert in this. And I did not know 
And I, to be honest, I'm still a little bit unsure. I didn't like figure this out by Googling it. I just one day twisted them and I could hear everything better. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so if, if you all insiders have tips for better AirPod usage, let me know. <laughs> um, but this is what worked for me is when you put them in, just make sure that the little gray area that's the actual speaker is actually pointing down your ear canal. And I found it was really noticeable how much better I could hear things, how much better the sound quality was, and it was a little bit better fit. The one thing I will say, though, that drove me crazy, so it's a little bit of a complaint, too, I guess, is do you know how... You know how if you listen to music or something and you take an AirPod out of your ear, it'll mm -hmm. pause? Mm -hmm. In general, I really like that feature. Yeah. But when I'm fussing with them to get them just the right angle so I can hear them right into the same angle... It thinks I'm taking it out and putting it back in sometimes. And oh, I'll that's just like annoying. randomly pause as I'm fussing with it, which then, of course, I can't hear and I can't keep fussing with it. So that part's a little bit annoying. But um, in general, I now can hear things better. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Fun fact, AirPods came out five years ago. Oh, my God. December 2016. So five years of using this incorrectly. Yeah, which is wild. Um, I'll add my own fun, funny learning of AirPods. Is I, This is probably also just like a pandemic development. I use my AirPods a lot for like conference calling with friends and stuff. And sometimes I'll like be on a call with a friend in the morning getting ready for work. And I've gotten to the point now where I'll wear like a single AirPod in my ear in the shower while I'm washing my hair <laughs> wow. to continue the conversation and they can still hear me. And it's like, they said they can hear me perfectly fine and like can hardly hear the shower. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that's something anyone wants to do. If you want to try it. So, but we, we need to be really clear here <laughs> because not all AirPods are waterproof. I'm trusting that you are in fact using it, a waterproof AirPod. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should look into which AirPods are waterproof. Or this is before you get in a shower with an AirPod. Yeah, this maybe like is Donna. like a maybe look this is like up. a don't try this at home. <laughs> no, because some um, are. I think the most recent model is. Yeah, and if you're if you are <laughs> showering and not washing your hair, you could probably get away with it with even a not <laughs> waterproof one. That let's not. Yeah, I don't, don't know. I don't, don't know. take that advice to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one more AirPod complaint, <laughs> and it's a learning to, really. Um, I've complained about this a number of times, but I keep <laughs> losing my AirPods. I'm really bad about it. I've never lost it for good, but I can never find it. And you can go into Find Mine and be like, play a noise to try to find your AirPods. <laughs> Stupid. But it never works. <laughs> it never plays the noise. It's like a really faint little beep. like, And it has to be really close by and you can't hear it. Yeah, and I think what it is is that it's playing the noise from the actual AirPod and not the case. But it's always in the case so you can't hear it. And so what inevitably <laughs> happens is when I find it, I take it out. And then I hear it start beeping. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, thanks. But here's the learning. The newest model of AirPods... I don't know if it's the AirPods Pro, it's the AirPods, has the new Find My chip in it so mm. that you can actually do what you do with an AirTag and actually find it by walking around the house. The case the itself. Case. And it probably makes a loud beep. That's great. I don't know if it makes a loud beep. Oh, we'll find I'm out. We sure. need to find out. Because I don't have it. Mm. This is why I keep losing it. But <laughs> I, I, I keep thinking about buying it. Like one time I really thought I lost it and then I thought... I should. I was excited to buy it because of this feature. Yeah, because for the most part, the new AirPods are just like another pair of AirPods that are like the same as before. Yeah, except for maybe waterproof, Donna. Yeah, maybe waterproof. <laughs> that's true. I feel like we have, this is exposing that we need to do a little more research on the latest AirPods, how the Find My Work, uh, uh, how loud it is. We know 
that it works and that you don't have to be within Bluetooth range, which is really nice. Yeah. That's one, but we don't know how loud it is, which would be good to get some hands on with some new AirPods and find out. Yeah, I know our COO Noah has them and we should mm, ask him. Let's uh, talk to him. My understanding, what I was reading is the, the rumor is the upcoming AirPods will actually have a little mini speaker in the case so that it can be loud, mm. but it currently is not loud. Oh, okay. But you can use the AirTag technology to find it. So yeah, it doesn't really need to be loud. That's like, it's like shows up a little maps view basically yeah. that leads you to it and will yeah. be like, go to your right, go to your left. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so mine, I mentioned earlier in the episode that the downfall of family sharing when you're doing it, using it the way Apple doesn't want you to use <laughs> it with different households is that one person ends up footing the bill who organized the family group and it's not fair. And they don't have, you can't even control unless it's a child, other people's purchases. Yeah. Like it's not even an option to do that. Cause I was like, oh dad, you should set it up like where you are seeing what's coming in so you can keep track of it more easily and, and approve people's purchases. But really what's just happening is he's just getting charged whatever people are deciding to charge to him. <laughs> um, and so what I think that he should do is start using Splitwise. Mm. I mean, either we should just redo our family sharing and not do it the way we're doing it, or use Splitwise because it gets complicated. Splitwise usually is an app that we recommend if you're traveling with people mm -hmm. because there'll be a weird mix of things where sometimes you have a group dinner where you're splitting it with five people that you're traveling with and then something else, you just covered one friend's coffee or you know whatever that you wanna charge them. And so it's really good for kind of complex figuring out if you don't wanna every day sort of settle up with people and you just want to at the end of a trip figure out who owes what, um, that it's a way better way to do things and it makes it really easy splitwise does um, but with family sharing it's kind of same applies because now five of us are sharing access to streaming services like HBO Max and whatever <laughs> yeah, else yeah. and it doesn't make sense for my dad to charge any one of us for for the whole HBO Max subscription so we should split it between us and then there are people who are you know using an app that no one else is using and paying for so it would let him figure out how much people owe him monthly that in, in sort of a complex situation. So if anyone listening at home is in the same situation with family sharing, try out Splitwise. And also when you, just to let you know, if you're not even sure how much you're being charged, go into the app store, tap your profile icon at the top and tap subscriptions. And there you can see a rundown of everything you're paying for, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a good idea to do. <laughs> you also should be getting monthly emails from Apple with invoices. So that is a good way to check on it as well. And I think this has been a long episode. We yeah. probably should stop and let people do other things. <laughs> they're doing this while they're cleaning their house or walking their dog. We yeah. established this. True. But thanks everyone for sticking with us. Yeah. Happy New Year again. Happy New Year's again to you <laughs> insiders. We really appreciate your support. And don't forget to send us emails. Let us know what apps you're using towards your New Year's goals at podcast at iphonelife.com. Yes. And uh, we haven't officially set the date yet, but we're going to have a smart home workshop coming up oh, with yeah. David who has <laughs> a smart, a smart home. home and lots of projects he's test tested out. And we've been meaning to do this for years and I'm really excited. We're finally going to do it. Um, sit down with, do you have a live session with insiders? You can ask questions to David about smart home setup. 
we know that you have a lot of questions about smart home, <laughs> about <laughs> setting up smart home because it can be complicated. So stay tuned. We'll we'll email you and give you the details on that as soon as we have them. And I'm really excited because I've used it as an excuse to get a lot of new smart home gear, which I'll <laughs> tell you all about. Uh, and also, even if you don't have a smart home, even if you're not really sure what a smart home is, it's still probably fun to attend because yeah. I'll tell you some of kind of what you need to know to get started and give you the more The gateway details. products the that gateway. will lead you down the smart home <laughs> rabbit hole. Thousands of dollars, yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's actually been some exciting developments in the last couple months that'll make smart home a little bit easier for y'all. Awesome. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.